Today on episode three of Ed Knowledged, I get to talk to Mark Kite, junior intermediate teacher from the Algonquin and Lakeshore Catholic District School Board. In talking to Mark, I get to hear about how he creates and curates learning opportunities for his class and extends learning well beyond the conventional four walls of the classroom. Mark's a great guy and a great teacher, and I hope you're able to take something away from our conversation as I have. This is Ed Knowledged, and I'm Mike Verizer. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Mark Height. Mark, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you, Mike? Uh, I'm doing well, probably better than you right now. I know you've probably had a long day. Every day probably seems a little long, uh, teaching in a pandemic, but uh, I'm really glad you took the time to talk to me today. I'm happy to be here. I, I didn't want to start into things before I gave the audience, the listener or listeners, uh, a chance to get to know a little bit. So I was wondering, would you just take like a minute or two, tell me who, who are you, what are you about, uh, what are we doing here? All right, sure. Uh, so uh, thanks Mike again for having me here. My name is Mark Kite. I'm currently teaching at Cathedral School in Kingston. Uh, I'm teaching French Immersion grade six, seven this year. I've been teaching this sort of level probably for the last 10 years. Um, I started my teaching career in 2008. I taught for a couple of years in New Zealand. Um, I trained, funny enough, I trained as a high school teacher. And uh, other than my teaching placements, I, my entire teaching career has only been in primary, junior, and intermediate. So I haven't yet really bridged the gap of teaching in high school. Logically. What's that? <laughs> Logically, right? Logically. All your training. Yeah, 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 do something totally different. Yeah. But, uh, but in about 2010, I made my way back to Kingston and uh, I also said at that time, I said, oh, no, I'm not going to teach French. No, I don't teach French. And here I am, year 10 of my career, teaching French immersion still since that first year. So <laughs> so it's funny how, uh, how, you, how you make a plan and then uh, you end up somewhere else. But um, yeah, that's a little bit of me. French speaker whole life or uh, so I grew up uh, in an English family but uh, from the beginning I was in French immersion so I guess I'm a product of of the of the school system and the power of teaching and learning uh, in French beautiful uh, Mark I'm, I'm sitting in your classroom I've, I've I'll tell you a little bit about why I wanted to talk to you uh, I've been in a couple of times I've known you for a few years now like I've never worked with you specifically but I've sort of uh, been picking up what you've been laying down in, in our conversations or just the way uh, you build your classroom, you build your, your, uh, your system, uh, the, the way you uh, talk about teaching and learning, it's something that I'm interested in. So uh, as part of my role, I've been able to come in a couple of times, uh, very self-serving because I just like to see what happens in here. Um, but I say it's under the guise of teaching and learning and working with you. So again, I thank you for humoring me and letting me come on in there and and, uh, and work with you. Like I said, anytime, Mike, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I'm happy to, I'll yeah. continue to take yeah. you up on that. What, one thing that I really like to ask people about though is what fires them up? Like I, I know that you have interests obviously outside of school, outside of work and education, um, but what fires you up sort of outside of school, and what do you sort of see as an influence on your practice? Uh, well, I guess I could, I could maybe back up a bit and answer your first question a little bit better, is a huge part of my life is 
I guess a love in my life is just learning and recreating outdoors. Mm -hmm. I have a degree from Lakehead in outdoor recreation, parks and tourism, uh, with a degree in science. And, and so a big focus for me is always getting outside, getting active, being active. And so that really gives me the backdrop for my classroom and pretty much all of my teaching units, assignment, my teaching philosophy is just how to get kids more engaged whether it's physically just outside in the environment, but even bigger than that, just outside the four walls. So that's what really drives me the most is, is thinking about ways to incorporate, like, I guess I wanna say like real learning, like not just the nitty gritty, like adding, subtracting, that kind of idea about learning, but really thinking about like, how can I, you know, create things for students to think about the bigger picture. And, and for me, a big influence in that, like I said, is, is being outdoors. So sometimes that means literally taking the kids outside and learning in the environment, doing experimental learning activities, whether it's taking kids hiking to the provincial park or taking them um, for a three or four day biodiversity camp, or whether it's um, just heading down to the local park and doing some phys ed activities or doing some math activities or some science work. It's always just thinking about how to get kids more engaged in like real life hands-on learning. Yeah. Where where did that come from? Like, do you have any influences or any? Uh, was it a particular person or I mean, well, formative I mean, experience? Yeah. I mean, the, the big the big I guess the big idea was more just for me. I was just very highly impacted in my journey being outside. It was such a relevant part of my life and continues to be that. So there's just a sense of you know the value I get in being outdoors and learning. I guess we'll say experiential learning kind of idea. Mm -hmm. That's been such a value for me that I do want to instill it in my kids and my students. Right. So that's, I wouldn't say there's a particular person that's really driven that for me, but just more my own life experiences and what's really been meaningful for me. I just want to sort of foster that in the kids I'm teaching. Huh. Well, you, you've really done a good job. This is going to make me uh, feel like quite the pro. Uh, <laughs> you, you've, touched, you've touched on some yeah. things I wanted to talk about today yeah. already. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is about this ability to, to, to move beyond the, the four walls of your room. Like I said, I like your classroom. I'm, I'm sitting in right now, talking to you, recording this episode. Uh, things are great, but I, I really wanted to have you touch on or speak to the ability to, to, to move beyond these four walls uh, in the community. So I, I'm wondering, like, there are different ways to do this. One way that I have thought of or, or that I would consider is, is actually leaving the four walls, like actually getting yeah. out in your community. Yeah. So what does that process, what does that process look like? Maybe what, what do you consider? What are you, what are you mindful of when planning these Yeah. Well, I, I guess the first thing is I feel like as a teacher, I haven't always been that way. You yeah. know, in the very beginning it was, you know, teaching is very hard work. And so just getting through the regular day and sort of the idea of the curriculum that's presented to you as a teacher yeah. that you're meant to deliver. So so I don't want to say that my teaching career has always been about, you know, getting outside of the four the four walls, but Every year I teach, I feel like I do a better job of trying to get them yeah. out beyond the four walls. Did, so, you, did you ever have a moment like? What are the biggest moments? Did you have that moment? There was yeah. like the aha, uh -huh, like the huh, like yeah. you're feeling comfortable, or yeah, there was there was two moments I would say that have really changed what I try to do every year and sort of mimic every year as I you know I teach the same grade, so I have the ability to kind of revisit topics and units that I've taught and just make them better. And so mm -hmm. two activities that I think really stood out to me that helped kind of 
helped push me to be on the classroom more every year is one in Kingston there's a program called I think there is some in, in some other communities as well but it's called Beyond the Classroom yeah ironically enough yeah and so that was really supported by a teacher and I mean she's a teacher but she has a group of people that she works with too but so it's a teacher that facilitates classrooms visiting museums and other places of interest in Kingston where you go and you spend a full week in this environment and it's all inquiry-based learning so mm -hmm. really focused on as, as the teacher in the classroom and as the teacher who helps facilitate it and as could be the curator of the museum or other people working in that facility you know really working together to develop what's the big idea for the week right so we're working on a big idea but then the focus together is okay how can we get kids to reach that big idea through a variety of experiences that we can help facilitate so that experience i did one time i'm going to say five or six years ago and we went to the bellevue house Mm -hmm. which fortunately teaching here downtown in Kingston we have access to a lot of um, great locations for learning within walking distance so we were able to walk there every day and uh, it's Sir Johnny McDonald's house and so mm -hmm. it's now a museum and a historic site and so we spent a whole week there with the focus on looking at the different cultures that have shaped Canada and who they are today so that experience at, that I helped you know create with the other teachers mm -hmm really showed me aha this is learning this is mm -hmm. like the amount the kids got out of that one week i couldn't have taught just within my classroom within a month mm -hmm. like the value they had from one just physically being out of the classroom to having the inquiry focus where they were really leading and driving their you know their questioning and what they wanted to get out of the week yes of course we were there to facilitate you know and guide them in a certain direction but but just seeing the kids in that environment out of the classroom was like aha mm -hmm. this is what i've always wanted to do and i've made it happen there there are those there are those like moments sometimes they happen in the margins or sometimes they're like a direct result of something you've put together i, I yeah. come to learn like those yeah. those those moments are like magical you know, we yeah. Should yeah. Yeah. Or something. yeah yeah and then the second thing was was i managed to try to like i said when i preface this is you know I kind of built this beyond the classroom idea every year and so I love that so much that the following year I was not able to apply to be on the classroom so I was like oh man I gotta do something like that again it was so good they don't allow us to do it two years in a row which right. fair enough there's a lot of you know, you know of classrooms and teachers that want to take part so I just finangled um, the outdoor education special assignment teacher in our board for a whole week in the fall the following year where mm -hmm. him and i coordinated what we sort of called a biodiversity camp so you know with a theme of biodiversity is important kind of tying in grade six curriculum in science that was really the driving curriculum piece but mm -hmm. but we were able to take the students out for a whole week in frontenac park cool. and surrounding areas where the kids north of kingston just north of kingston yeah. and so the kids were learning about canoeing the kids you know, we're actually out in a provincial park, exploring the forest, looking at animals and plants. And it was just another awesome week where again, it was like, ah, this is really what teaching's all about. You know, getting kids yeah. out there doing those fantastic things. But unfortunately I've come to realize that <laughs> I can't do that every year. It doesn't always work. So I've been now looking for different ways to kind of help provide some of those like big experiences but having to tone them down a little bit <laughs> now of course yeah of, yeah of course we're not working in a year uh, a typical or conventional year no uh, this we is are recording this at the beginning difficult. of 2021 yeah. so uh, yeah. obviously that's that's looked yeah. a bit different have you have you felt 
like you've obviously felt this limitation. What, oh, very what have much you done? So, yeah. Have you done anything to sort of adjust or or, or consider? Is it is it like a yeah, so so like I said, you know, we are right downtown Kingston and there's some really great sort of natural spaces, parks, you know, where I could take my students out to within walking distance. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've tried to leverage that a bit more this year and make that a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, just taking my kids outside, just yeah. with the outside factor, especially during this pandemic. So so that's been one thing for sure that I've you know, I've actually probably used more of this year than I have any other year because yeah. of the need to get outside. But mm-hmm. um I guess in other ways this year is really just just leveraging technology and, and the internet. There's been some really amazing uh, people and groups and organizations who've helped facilitate learning events. We'll call them online. Well, so, I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here uh, in role of host because you're right. leading the, the conversation, yeah. Mark. Uh, so thank you for that. I'll just bid adieu and and leave. No, oh. uh, I, I do. <laughs> Don't no. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do want to talk about that. So something that I would assume, and again, I, I'm not in your classroom every day. It's not like I've worked across the hallway from you or anything. These are just casual observations. Um, you mentioned leveraging technology, though. Uh, how is that something you've looked to deploy? Like you, you've touched on a little bit already, but specifically in a year, like we've sort of been not asked. It's it's like a mandatory thing. Like if we yeah. want to develop and push engagement, you've talked about inquiry-based learning. Uh, and, and sort of augmenting that with these outdoor uh, experiences or these community yeah. experiences. Well, we've taken the community away in a lot of ways. You found some creative solutions, but how does technology play a role in here? What, is, what does that actually look like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I still think that uh, getting off the screen and outside is option number one. But and I'm telling, but like you, I'm said, telling that, you, like yeah. my job is as a like a technology support teacher in my system. I yeah. agree with you, right. but yeah. has its place. Right. You just said that out loud. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, No, I, I, time and a place, right? Is the, yeah. yeah. No, but but yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a time and a place. And so, and so, again, there's just been some really awesome organizations that may, maybe they were there before and I just didn't have the need to go looking for them. But, mm-hmm. but one that I've been using a lot this year in terms of just bringing you know, the outside community in mm-hmm. the world into the classroom, one called Exploring by the Seat of Your Pants. And it's this amazing, we'll say like group of lessons across a variety of subjects. So for example, just this past week, we had the chance to chat with um, a woman who, uh, who trains astronauts. Oh. And so she... In her spare time or part-time job? Yeah, this was her full-time job. She worked for... There's this organization, I think it's called NASA or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah, heard NASA, of it. I yeah, haven't been yeah. familiar with it. So anyway, she is a NASA employee who trains astronauts. And so she gave a presentation for our class. Right. Now, privately, however, semi-privately, because there was, I think, six or eight classes that were signed up from across North America. Um, who are tuning into her presentation and then sort of a live Q and A. So yeah. just again, another awesome opportunity. Yeah. To one, I thought here's a woman talking about you know her journey as a scientist, which as an astronaut, which we don't necessarily hear a lot about. So great for the girls in the class to hear, but just to have someone come and share like firsthand knowledge yeah. of, of space, and then the kids could actually ask her questions and talk to her all time. via sort of like a real time video chat. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, again, I think technology 
uh, not to incriminate myself, time and place, but there's a, yeah. there's a real capacity not just to augment yeah. what's happening in the classroom, but to sort of transform. Like I, yeah. I can't imagine an opportunity where or a situation where we're able to have someone like that come in yeah. and work with your class yeah. casually. Hey, I'll swing yeah. by on a Friday, right? Like these, yeah. these are these are experiences yeah. that we might not otherwise have no. available to us. No. So I, I think that's I think that's awesome. Yeah. You had mentioned like maybe I hadn't been looking for this because I hadn't necessarily had the, the need to or the, the the demand for it because I've got some good stuff happening. How how do you think you keep in the know? Is it like a just keep an ear to the ground or what's a well, I guess there's a little bit of that. I mean it's funny how uh, once you start searching on online whatever you're searching tends to appear when you're not really looking for it anymore. <laughs> so there's a bit of that but but I think I mean, two things. I do flick through some Facebook groups, yeah. You know, and some ideas pop up there every now and again. So that would be that. Probably right now, that's probably one of the places where I get most of my newer ideas. Or um, at one point in my career, I was I was doing a similar thing with Twitter that seemed to have dropped off a little bit recently. But mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So I guess some social media is. is probably where I find most of it right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how do you, like, is it a, something that I always, like, coming from my experiences, I always I always found a really hard time making sure that I picked a few, yeah. a few good things. Like, yeah. there's probably a lot of junk that you come across, right? Yeah. Like just, yeah. when you or have- Or a lot of good things that you can't do all of them anyway. Precisely, so, yeah, yeah, precisely. So, something that I always had to tell myself or remind myself is, you know what, like, it's, it's okay to pass on great yes. opportunities, like how yeah. do you, yeah, how do you filter, or how do you know, like okay, this is enough. Yeah. Some of it comes, I guess, from this experience knowing, knowing students this age what they like mm -hmm. is a big one. So mm -hmm. thinking about okay, what what is this resource? Right. What will my student will my students be engaged with this? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Another filter that I have to do as a French immersion teacher is just the level if it's especially if it's French. Or if it's English, for that matter, what? How does that fit into my French immersion sort of um, framework here at school? That's one sort of filter. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, just, just trial and error, just just taking a look and saying, you know what, this is not this is not going to cut it for yeah. whatever reason. It yeah. could be a variety of reasons. Sometimes it could be just too complicated out of the gate, so I don't have time to yeah. <laughs> to navigate and figure yeah. it out. Or, or two, it just no. works. <laughs> yeah, two, it's a simple process. For example, this exploring by the seat of your pants, super easy to navigate and to search, you know, a variety of topics that we're offering. Yeah. You literally click a button, sign up, and then a day later you get sort of the link to the feed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So another thing, like knowing your learner seems to be like paramount, and that's gonna be something like obviously yeah. you, you develop that rapport, you 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 have that relationship and you can kind of guess, right? Like uh -huh. you can suspect that things are okay, yeah, this is this this fits my learners. This is going to mm -hmm. they're gonna pick up, they're gonna pick this up yeah. <laughs> when I lay it down. Yeah. One thing, uh, another thing that I had wanted to mention, so we've got a couple of got a couple of similar interests. I know you're a paddler. I know like we've spoken quite a bit uh, over the last few minutes about uh, the outdoors and outdoor education and what that looks like. Uh, how do you how do you find that balance? Because something something that I've not struggled with, but something that I've had to be mindful of is, yeah, I know I'm going to have passion. And I'm going to bring passion to uh, experiences when it's something that I'm fired up about. Like yeah. I, I asked you about that at the beginning of this, just because if, if I'm pumped up about it, I, I'm assuming it's going to help with my students. Have you ever had those moments where you're like, 
why haven't why are they why aren't they loving this? Like, yeah, I I've never them. had those moments, Mike. <laughs> yeah, just such a savvy vet. Yeah, no, I, I wonder. Uh, do you, have you ever had those moments, or how do you how do you sort of find that balance between like geeking out and doing something for yourself versus, yeah. or is that something you've ever had to? Well, you know what? Struggle with. This is the beauty of teaching elementary school and mm-hmm. teaching at the level I'm at. Grade, like a grade six, seven, six, seven as yeah. low as grade five. Yeah. In, in, in New Zealand, I was teaching the equivalent of grade two, three, so really out of my wheelhouse coming from, yeah. <laughs> okay. coming from secondary background. But but you know what? There's a lot to be said about, about kids, what they pick up from their teachers. Yeah. You know, I, yes, there's 100% for sure there's things that I do that there are students in here that do not buy into. Mm-hmm. But, I, but my experience tells me that, you know what, things that I am passionate about, they do rub off on the kids, you know, yeah. even if it's... It's formative. I always feel like, I always feel like too, even if, you know, if we're gonna pursue this for a week, whatever the event is, you know, if I get one kid that really gets jazzed up about that, mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. Yeah. You know? I agree. Not to say that, okay, there's 20 kids sitting there totally disengaged and I got one engaged, that's a good thing. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, it's more, it you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was a great lesson. Hands, wipe around, yeah, I'm out of here. Tap it. No, but you know, really I really do believe it. I do believe that, you know, teachers do have a lot of I don't know the power's not the right word, but a lot of influence in, in shaping. Yeah. Influence and introducing what yeah. kids kids might like or not like. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big part of our job is, is to not just feed kids what they think they already love, mm-hmm. but really help expose them to things that maybe they've never thought of before. And then they get, aha, this was great. And that is, that is like a, I thought about that and reflected on that. That is like a brilliant part of like elementary school and, and a challenge. Uh, a lot of secondary settings, like you, you're dealing, yeah. you, you have folks who are like content experts and they deal in specific areas, yeah. do a wonderful job in a specific content area. And, and in elementary, you, you're sort of exposed, like you, you have to cover. So it, is there a challenge in, in planning and being considerate of all these different learners and all yeah. these different subjects? I think, I think you can handle it, yeah. But it's kind of, it's kind of a lot of fun. It's, it's free oh, in yeah. ways, right? When you, yeah. when you say like, yeah. okay, look, we get to get a little innovative and we get to try out, not that the secondary teacher can't do that, but there's a lot of sort of- There's a lot you can do. Yeah based on interest and engagement mm-hmm. to then look back on and be like, oh, you know what, this is like, we can take this down the history path or the social studies or the phys ed path yeah. or the health path. And you can, before you know it, you're one, not gonna say one lesson, but you're one, you know, whether you want inquiry project, for example, we'll yeah. touch upon mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight curriculum pieces and, and so yes, I do find it challenging for sure to help, you know, to, to think about how can I meet all of these curriculum expectations throughout the year and keep the kids engaged and bring beyond the classroom ideas in, mm-hmm. get the kids outside. Yes, it's a huge challenge, mm-hmm. but, but it's a fun one. But it's a fun one, yes. <laughs> most days, yes, most days it's extremely fun. Most days, yeah, yeah. 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 Not all sunshine and roses, and again, no. we're particularly no. trying uh, year yeah. in particular, but yeah. uh, maybe one or two more things and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of your face because I, I, I really <laughs> I'm appreciate- I'm enjoying this though, this is good. But I really, pre- yeah. I really appreciate the time yeah. uh, to talk to you today. And I know I've been sort of, like we, we had plans to do this a while ago and just because of this year, like we, there was like an on again, off again, like can yeah. we, can we? Uh, but uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned like a like a, a bit of a Twitter drop off. I 
I think, not I think, something that I've noticed, uh, I, I've sort of had a battle with Twitter and publicizing stuff because yeah. I, and I've talked about this with, with a couple of other folks I've, I've had on. Um, part of me feels like, well, doing, is this like a shameless self-promotion? Mm. Um, but I think more importantly, like remembering some of these tweets, remember some of the, some of the sharing you've, you've done, um, I see like something like a Twitter or something like a, a different social media, like when wielded properly, it's like a really cool tool for yeah. other educators. Yeah. Um, I know that there's also like a really awesome way to incorporate student voice through this sort of means, like, and when done safely, when done properly, I think it's a really uh, in, important uh, tool, not weapon, but tool to be yeah. employed, right? Yeah. Um, what do you what do you what do you think about that? Is that something you've ever is that something you've ever struggled with? Like the yeah, there's that there's that piece of like ugh, yeah. I feel a little uncomfortable. Like yeah, this is... I mean I'll, I'll be frank. So time frame we'll say four years ago, five years. I don't know what the action was. I was pretty heavily I'll say using Twitter yeah. as a means to communicate what I was doing in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And after a year or so of doing that, one, it took a lot of time. Yeah, it took a lot of time and and. For those teachers listening, we all know teaching takes up a lot of time. <laughs> and so so I kind of had to pick, you know, do I, is this worth my time? Is it worth those receiving the message? Yeah. I'll say their time, not that I'm choosing what they're listening or watching, but, uh, or reading, but, but what I found was those who were responding to my tweets were our, were, there wasn't enough. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, it's not that I was looking for the self gratification of, yeah. of that, but I mean when that's I when I, when I when I when I set out using it, my intention was okay. This is going to be how I'm going to share what's happening in the classroom with right. parents and families. That was my original intention, and I'd share my Twitter handle and at the beginning of the year, and then I think I use I must use it for two years. Then every year at the end of of the year, I would send or towards the end or whatever, I would send a survey home saying. Okay, what was the best way for you as a parent to receive notifications of what was happening in the class? Mm -hmm. None of them picked Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> which is okay. So that was my aha moment. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting enough out of this to meet my purpose, so I'm going to drop it. And, yeah. and But then I feel like you said, I feel kind of bad because you know, I end up gold digging sometimes yeah. Yeah. On, in, on Twitter, like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Especially in phys ed. There's some really good phys ed teachers yeah. in, in the States that post a lot of stuff. And and as I was developing my, my phys ed repertoire, I'll call it, I was, I was looking to those tweets for some good ideas, some fun ideas. And so right. I got a really serious, good like a good bank of, of information, units, lessons, et cetera, mm -hmm. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really giving back. So that's the part I kind of helped It's probably but, all right, right? Like yeah. it's not, I, I think that's, you, you made a, a, an informed, conscious decision. Yeah. And I think that's, it's, yeah. I think me reflecting on that, thinking about that right now, like here I am talking to you about yeah. moving beyond yeah. the classroom. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm not against Twitter and people who are posting and sharing, because yeah, it is it is a great way to communicate, to get little snapshots of what's going on. But like you said, sometimes it might be seen as, okay, these are all just the good days, which yeah. is exactly what I was doing. It was just yeah. what I thought was the great moments that yeah. you Not when you're picking yourself up off the floor. Not when I'm like dragging myself <laughs> over here at 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon or evening, getting home after a long day. I wasn't yeah. tweeting that, no. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think it's just, I think that's really important. Uh, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but like, 
you see this as a as a means for connecting with the outside world. Yeah. And I'm talking to you about this because again, I, I humbly yeah. think you do a really good job of that. That's oh, why I wanted you. to yeah. talk today. But yeah. I think that there's something to be said in this that if it's if it's not for you or if it's if it's not worth it, it's it's okay to yeah. not feel obligated yeah. to contribute to yeah. it. Yeah, and I I know some teachers have done some great things with their students yeah. around the use of social media and like leveraging that to engage them and to get them to write and share. Yeah. And that's been great and successful for them and that and that's wonderful. But for me it wasn't that particular tool wasn't working. Well, that's about like that's yeah. that's just balance. That's not yeah. that's not picking. That's not biting out more than you can chew, right? Like that's. I, I yeah. think that's a, a tackle. Mm -hmm. That's a good. Yeah. I think that's a good yeah. reason. And so, I'll, kind I'll of finish. what I've decided, well, I've actually been thinking about this idea for probably ten years. Okay, I got to get my students. To do this. I got a few of those in the background. Yeah. So, anyways, this year, just like days ago, I, I finally made it happen, and a bit of it was because of the pandemic, I think. And so, the, so I had I had kids write their own blog slash newsletter to share yeah. with parents. Mm -hmm that the kids have done now. And I've gotten more response from one letter from parents than I have from the 50, 60, 70, 100 tweets I sent yeah. in two years. So and it's probably more personal. It's, yeah, it's more personal, it it's their writing, it's their videos, it's their, you know, and so it comes from them. And so the parents love that. And then that was, again, aha, like, you know, kids should really be sharing what what's yeah. going on in the classroom. You know, so sitting around the dinner table, what did you do today? Nothing. Well, <laughs> I hear they got something they can share. You're lying to me. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think that's, uh, I've, I've made a little connection there for myself. So I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you gave me your take on it. Talked about balance or mentioned balance. It's okay to trim that fat if it's fruitless necessarily. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. But so <laughs> this is the year where I think people have had to focus more on the idea of balance. Uh, professionally and at home and whatever whatever facet uh, do you think you do a good job of it do you think how, how do you how do you try and maintain that because I know everybody's been mindful of it so like it. a and personal work-life balance you need yeah or? it's, it's yeah. Easy. like I, I know in a lot of ways it's, it's it's okay to to talk about it and think yeah. about it oh, yeah. what do you actually what does that mean for you is there any sort of conscious balance uh, or, or consideration of this that you've had to take or is it just something that comes with time i mean i think i think this year more than ever we've had to, as teachers and educators we've really had to roll with the punches which which is which is very difficult but which yeah we've been going a few rounds longer uh in that punching yeah yeah <laughs> in that punch yeah. for punch that I was interesting that, you know teachers you know in front of the classroom we're meeting you know, things are different all the time. There's no two days alike. Yeah. And so we already have that, but teachers also really struggle with that because we need to have things planned and organized mm -hmm. to move forward. So like, you know, teachers need that balance, right? We need mm -hmm. that balance of being able to be organized and planned and ready, but there's been a lot of curveballs this year. And mm -hmm. so one, I think for me, I feel, I feel fortunate enough that I've been teaching long enough at this age level, at this, that I, I feel easier, more easier, or more able to be balanced. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think as a new teacher, who man, this would be, you know, that's already a very difficult year, mm -hmm. two years, three years, your first year's teaching. And so I think experience has really helped me maintain that balance. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then just, just taking care of like my mental health, my physical well-being, getting lots of exercise, getting outside, still biking. Like, that was fun this year. <laughs> you know, I usually take the city bus in the winter to work, but uh, yeah. I didn't want to get on the city bus, so now I'm still biking. So I'm, meatball, yeah. I'm biking through the winter now, so that's, you know, gets me 20 minutes of fresh air extra every day. So. Yeah. Do you have any, I don't want to, sorry to put you on the yeah. spot, do so you yeah. have any advice for those early years teachers who might be thinking like, holy smokes, like this is a lot. Like what would you? Yeah. What would you what? tell? What think, would you tell yourself maybe uh, half a decade ago or a decade ago? <laughs> I have this vivid memory. My first year teaching, I was teaching in New Zealand. I was teaching grade two, three. Like I said, completely out of my wheelhouse, being trained in high school yeah. in Canada yeah. to then go to New Zealand and end up teaching primary. And I have this memory. And we didn't have planning time. We only had like we taught for ten weeks at a time. And those ten weeks, we had two days of planning. Not right. every day that like we have here in Ontario. Right. I remember one time at lunch, crawling under my desk and having a nap. <laughs> so I guess my advice is know that it's- Get a good desk. Get a good desk, get a brand no, up. No, no, my, my advice to new teachers is, is don't be afraid to ask for help from your colleagues. Now more than ever, it's really hard to make connections with colleagues and to work with colleagues. But as a new teacher, I really didn't leverage those around me as much as I should have. Right. We are all, you know, very easy to get inside our own classrooms bubble, and this is all we're doing, and this is everything, you know, and focus on that. But there are some great colleagues there to support you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my biggest advice for new teachers: is be okay to ask for help, mm -hmm. and be okay to turn it off. Because right. as a teacher, it's so easy to keep going, keep going, keep going. You're, you you create a list. You cross one thing off, you put two things on. So there's always something to do and know that it's okay to be, okay, this weekend, I'm not yeah. working, which is hard because like I said in the beginning, you have to be balanced, you have to be ready, you have to be planned. So you do have to have something planned, but, mm -hmm. but yeah. That's like, I don't know if that came across as help for your yeah. teacher. Yeah. Well, get by with a little help from your friends. It's yeah, there we go. I'm yeah. Here, right? yeah. Like it's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I certainly yeah. feel, uh, I feel the same. And and maybe that's not uh, like depending on like some folks are, are working remotely or some folks yeah. are working in small buildings or so. You've you got to find that. you got to find that crew yeah. one way or another, right? It could be a yeah. mentor. It could be yeah. someone on the other end of a phone. Like it's, it's a, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Before, before it gets to be too much, right? Yeah. Like before you're breaking down, before it's panic attack, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I've been, I've yeah. been, I've been, yeah. yeah, I know what that feels like. I, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely measure, uh, measures or advice that I, I could have taken and, and perhaps had, but uh, with time, yeah. I feel like people get better at that. Uh, Mark, again, I wanted to thank you. Is there anything else, any anything bright and airy? You, you said a potential canoe trip this year. Where uh, where are we headed potentially? Have you got any? Plans? Well, again, like uh, COVID nineteen, or is it COVID twenty, or is it nineteen? Still, it's just the uh, yeah, COVID that lingers on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's put a little bit of a damper or a little bit of everything's a challenge. In the air. Everything's tentative. Everything's tentative. That's exactly everything's what it perfect. Is. We have everything's a perfect by the summertime. Right? <laughs> where are you going? Uh, somewhere in northern Ontario. We like to yeah. do a big river trip somewhere in northern Ontario. Um, it's always right, literally the day after school ends, we go, which in the moment getting ready to go is like, why do we have to do this right yeah, now? It's a stressful. But the moment you get out there, it's fantastic. And yeah. it's just a great way to decompress from what will be this year, a very long year and a very challenging year. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I sincerely hope you get the chance 
to get out there, Mark. Uh, Me too. And, uh, thank you again for taking yeah. the time and uh, for letting us bore your classroom here. And uh, yeah, take care. Yeah, well, thanks, Mike, for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. All right, take it easy. I'd like to thank Mark Kite once more for offering his time to talk to me. I'll leave you with a quote that I thought connected to our conversation today from Henry David Thoreau. The world is but a canvas to the imagination. Take care, folks. <laughs>